Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well on another beautiful day. A little bit warmer than it's been the last couple of days. Uh, enjoy it, folks. I mean, uh, um, it's it's not just going to turn into spring. We're going to at least have one more cold snap. I can assure you that. But, yeah, beautiful day. Hope everybody doing well. It's Bill and Coach Don Dunn here in the studio with Drew at the controls. Don, how you doing today? Doing good, Bill. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's our pleasure. Uh, we will be checking in shortly with uh, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Hadn't, hadn't really seen Justin for a while because he travels. He's been uh, going to all the, the basketball road trips. And then, of course, um, you know, we were gone for a little while. So I uh, did see him last night over at Neville Arena where Auburn bounced back after two straight losses on the road. Uh, they take down the Vanderbilt Commodores 81-54 in a ball game that was, I mean, it, it just wasn't, uh, wasn't the prettiest game that you'll watch for about 30 minutes. Um, Auburn had the lead, and they mm-hmm. led throughout. And they led, I think it was 57-44. And then they went on a tear. And it's a, that's something that this Auburn team has done at times uh, during the year. It was good to see that again last night. They stretched it out to about a 30-point lead and end up winning at 81-54. to um, The To me, the, the bright spot was Denver Jones. Talked about him a little bit yesterday. I mean, the uh, the young man who was a 20-plus point scorer transferring into Auburn uh, has has really been a, an excellent defender, but last night had his best offensive game as an Auburn Tiger with 19 points. He hit three threes, hit his first three three-pointers in the first half, finished with four of eight from behind the arc, and uh, uh, I think definitely a confidence builder for Denver Jones. So we'll talk about Auburn basketball and uh, we'll, we'll uh, bring in Justin here in just, just a minute. But, but yes, one bit uh, uh, sad news for, um, for, for, uh, for Auburn football uh, at Auburn football legend. I mean, one of the all time greats passing away last night, Terry Beasley, number 88, his Jersey retired here at Auburn. Uh, he was, a um, few years ahead of me, but I mean, watching him, uh, you know, I, I got to see him play in person uh, a few times and just the most, he, he was the best, the most electric receiver I've ever seen in an Auburn uniform and one of the best I've ever seen, period. He was, I mean, he was, uh, uh, he, he had world-class speed, tremendous hands, and man, he was tough. That's that may be part of. I mean, he had had 
uh, all kinds of physical problems over the last few decades. And part of that was, I mean, he had he suffered a few concussions. Uh, one, one iron bowl, uh, he was knocked out, uh, you know, taken out of the ball game, didn't look like he'd come back, and he came back in and made some great plays. But, I mean, you know, back in the day, Don, it was – one of those things, uh, you know, you you know, maybe a little some smelling salts, yeah. and and the player it'd be yeah. up to the player to say, hey, I can go, and he was never going to say that he couldn't go. Yeah, what a what a great great athlete, uh, like you said, probably the best in the country, and uh, one of the three jerseys that's retired. Right, uh, great hands, uh, tough, like you said. Just imagine if he was in these offenses now. Oh, with un- the run yeah. and shoot quote, he would have a thousand catches a year, and just a you know sad day for us and the Auburn family and the country. You know, I've watched uh, ESPN today and all over the world. People, you know, responded and and uh, f- uh, f- on the Feinbaum show they did a nice thing on him and just a sad day. Oh yeah, absolutely. From uh, from Montgomery, Robert E. Lee, yep, the uh, the the redhead. I mean, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, he. I mean, he was he was known for just being able to make catches that looked like they came straight over his head. Yeah, I mean, just uh, making the sort of like the Willie Mays catch exactly in the in the World Series. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, sad news: the passing of Terry Beasley. So uh, uh, as we get underway here on the Thursday drive, mentioned uh, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. He was over at Neville Arena last night. Uh, watching Auburn bounce back and get back into the uh, win column. Uh, so let's let's welcome him in as we continue here on the Thursday Drive. A reminder again, yeah, Dan still on the road. I believe they've got a game tonight, and then they play over the weekend. They're at Louisiana Monroe. Then they're at Southern Miss. He will be back on Monday. So it's Bill and, uh, and Coach Dunn here in the studio with Drew at the controls as we welcome in Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Ferg, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How are y'all? Uh, doing well. It was it was good to see. Um, you know, it, it it was it was a bit of a it was it, it was a bit of a, a slog for a while last night, mm-hmm. but good to see Auburn really kick it in and get that spurt that we've become so accustomed to seeing them them have in many of their wins. Absolutely, and I, and I think it's the who I think who played well for Auburn. I think it's just as significant as the fact that they did it. Uh, you mentioned, I know, in the in the open there, Diver Jones hitting three threes in the first four minutes of the game, right. um, finishing with his best performance as a Tiger. I think that's huge because he is a bucket getter. Uh, he is one of those guys who can score from anywhere, and I think he's gotten he's he, he's he's been so good on defense all year long. I think he's focused a lot of his attention and effort in that. You started to see him, uh, you know, at times just really shine with his shot. And I think if in the second half of SEC play. If you get more of that, Denver Jones, Auburn's going to be a really, really dangerous team. Good to see Jalen Williams. Absolutely. It was a tough, tough week. Yeah, tough week. It's perfect second half for him. Played a great game. Um, I thought also his work as a secondary playmaker. Him and Chad Baker Mazzara, you know, had several assists, hardly any turnovers. Really, really good uh, performance for them. And then Janai Broom, man, like, it's so funny because I think the way Janai plays, he's not this, like, consistently – ultra dominant player but you look at his stats and it's like he's getting 15 points and eight rebounds and a few blocks pretty much every single game 
And that consistency is so key um, because not very many college big men can do that. And I think statistically he's one of the best players in college basketball this year. He continues to do it time and time again. And there aren't a ton of centers in this league who can match up with him. And when he gets a really favorable matchup, he takes full advantage of it. He did so last night. Teeing a defense, that was one of the best defensive performances I've seen Auburn do in a lot. Vanderbilt is not a good offense. We all know that. Um, But – to hold anybody, you know, to that to, to shoot what twenty seven, twenty eight percent from the field is zero threes for Vandy in the second half. Um, this Auburn defense really good rebounding game as well. Everybody knew they were a whole lot better than Vandy, than Vandy, but take care of business and move on. And I think the defense and the rebounding being so good, it's going to be crucial because those are two areas where I think it's going to be. Those are two areas that are going to get you wins on the road. And, uh, you know, before you play Ole Miss this weekend, it was good to see Auburn play well in those areas on top of getting, you know, some breakout performances on offense again. Yeah, and, and I mean, last night they, they really were suffocating Vandy. I mean, Vandy had uh, – there, there was a stretch there. I guess they were like uh, two or three for 17 with – with just five, yeah. five, five, five minutes to go in the first half, I think they'd only made three or four field goals. And they wouldn't have topped yeah. 50 points had Auburn not emptied the bench with two and a half minutes to go. It, it was so funny. We, you know, I, I was writing the game for AP last night and stringing it. Uh, and I wrote in the story, hey, there was a stretch in the first half where Auburn went, you know, where, where Vandy went nearly seven minutes without hitting a shot right. in the field. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. In the second half, they went over seven minutes without yeah. hitting, a, hitting a shot uh, when Auburn went on that 20-2 run there uh, really down the stretch of the game. And it's just really, really impressive defensive performance. I mean, do that against anybody. Um, I don't care how bad Vandy's been this year. Those are really, really good numbers. And it's just – I think Auburn – it all starts with the way Auburn game plans, how they prep, how they scout. Um, you look at the you know, even the games they've lost this year. You look at how they have done against a team's leading scores. Um, they've shut them down, and they take when you take a team's best weapon or weapons out of the game plan, you you become that much easier to beat. And I think last night, um, when it was all said and done, you look at Tyron Lawrence and Ezra Mannion together. They average nearly thirty points a game this year. Both of them shoot over forty percent from the field. In their two games against Auburn this season, they shot a combined for a combined twenty three percent. Like they did such a good job on the two guys that could really were really the only guys who could kill you for 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 Vandy, and um, I think they just continue to do a really good job of that. And you go back to that first Ole Miss game, how they really did a great job on all of you know Ole Miss's great scores. They're gonna have to do that again Saturday away from home. Uh, but this is just, that is the hallmark of this team all year long. When somebody has a really good couple of scores, Auburn does a really good job taking taking it out of their hands and. Yeah, I think that goes a long way. Yeah, they—you're they, absolutely right. They've done a great job on the on the the top scorers on other teams, um, and and you know something else I thought was really nice to see. And I know it was home, and Auburn shoots much better at home. But let, let's face it, Auburn had struggled from outside the arc. They'd struggle shooting threes in conference play, home and away. Yep. And last night uh, they go ten for twenty six. Yeah, big big three point shooting game for Auburn. It, it's it's so interesting because you look at it, and I wrote this for for the mailbag that comes out tomorrow. Um, if you look in just conference games this year at home, Auburn's now fifth in the SEC in shooting threes, and eleventh on the road mm-hmm. overall on the road. 
They're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country. However, in neutral side games, they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. So it's like it's a weird thing that's happened because it's not that Auburn can't hit shots away from home. It's just in these, these road games, they've played some tough defenses and had some off nights. But it's all about confidence and getting in the gym. Denver Jones said that after the game last night. He said, you know, Bruce was on him to get in the gym. Hey, keep at it, keep at it. Those shots are going to fall eventually. And they did uh, in this one. Um, and I think that's that's going to be key. Like, uh, Auburn doesn't need to just outshoot everybody in order to win here in the second half of SEC play with the tough games they've got coming up. Uh, it, it would be helpful, obviously. But I do think Auburn's defense it provides a great enough foundation that if they just shoot – decently mm-hmm. most nights they're gonna have a chance to win um and last night they shot you know a little better than decently at home uh from deep and and that went a long way yeah they're not gonna have to shoot i mean that's the thing they're not gonna have to hopefully shoot 25 threes a game but uh right. i mean and, and i felt like it was sort of getting that way a little bit uh at, at mississippi state where you know mm-hmm. uh hubbard would hit a shot and it would feel like we got we've got we've got to fire one up quickly when that's really not right. what auburn needs to be doing with the with the players that they have hey, absolutely and i think last night i think it finished something around the lines of like auburn had like 21 assists on 28 made baskets or something like that right that's right you didn't really see the assist rate you didn't really see the assist rate work as much on uh, in, in the two losses to alabama and Mississippi State, the Mississippi State game especially, I thought guys mm-hmm. shooting off the dribble a little too much. When they had catch-and-shoot opportunities at State, they hit them for the for decently. So I think last night you saw them get back to playing a little bit more of that, you know, inside out, spread the floor, pass it, you know, create good looks for one another and take advantage. And I think, I think a big piece of that is going back to what we said earlier, Jani Broom continues to be just an automatic, you know, 16, 17, 18 points. A game on the inside, especially on the inside, he shot some threes as well. And yeah, hit both, both of them last really night. Good. Right. Yeah, he's so confident there, and his free his free throws have turned around. I think that's really big. And then secondly, I think just Jalen Williams just finishing better around the rim mm-hmm. in this game opens things up for everybody else, and, and they're going to need to do that here away from home. Um, but I think Bruce Pearl earlier this week said it. Uh, I think he said it best. It was just hey. If we can get Jalen and Janai to start finishing around the rim a little bit more frequently and more consistently like we did earlier this season, that's going to open up things for everybody else and give a lot more confidence. You saw that, especially in the second half against Andy. Oh, no no question about it. We're talking with Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Uh, before, we, uh, uh, before we get to break, though, I mean, uh, still, you know, still hoping to see you know, the, the uh, couple of the other guards heat up. It's been a struggle for Aiden shooting. Uh, KD, I mean, you, you look last night, Aiden, KD, and Trey Donaldson go a combined one for 12, and Auburn still wins by 27. If they can get just uh, a little more, and you know, I, I know Bruce has, Bruce has sort of talked both ways, that, you know, he guys that – some guys that uh, if they're not making shots don't need to shoot. But then on the other hand, you, you've, you've got to have – you know, Aiden's Aiden's got too good a shot for him to just uh, you feel like for this to continue indefinitely. Exactly, and I thought I thought Aiden's looks last night were good. They just yeah. didn't go down, and I think that's 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 been the thing. There's been a few times this season where he's kind of rushed some shots. He's trying to hunt a little bit, and, and I get it, man. He's a young guy who's been the best shooter. He's been the best shooter on the floor pretty much every game he's played in his life. And it's not really translating right now in this freshman season. And that's got to be frustrating. I will say this is the one thing, though, about Aiden Holloway. 
he has not let his offensive struggles, his shooting struggles, affect his defense, which I think is great because, you know, he's gotten a lot better on the defense. He's become a better all-around basketball player so far in his career at Auburn. Um, he's got one of the best assisted turnover ratios in the country. Yeah, he still doesn't turn not, it over. Yeah, he's just not hitting shots right now, and that's and that's frustrating, especially for a guy who plays like he does. But I do think um, you know he he should be commended for continuing to work hard, and also just this is where the value of Trey Donaldson comes into play. Um, Trey Donaldson is a guy that you know can jump back into the starting lineup and provide a lot. Now he had. He had some really bad you know, over and back uh, violations where I think he just didn't know where he was on the floor. He had three of them in the game, but outside of that, didn't really hit, find a shot as much. But a ton of rebounds. Yes, yeah, second. Really he was numbers. the second leading rebounder for Auburn last night. Yeah, and he was plus thirty-seven and plus minus last right. night. I mean, he, he had a great game. He had a fantastic game, and I think that's so big for Auburn that you can you can turn to a point guard like Trey Dawson, who's played a little bit more basketball, who's been more consistent in conference play this year. And just say, hey, we're going to turn to you. You're going to be the lead doll right now. Let's let's get Aiden going again. Let's find ways to get Aiden and not put as much pressure on Aiden to have to feel like he's got to go be Superman out there. And I think I think that's really big. Uh, I think both those point guards continue to do a lot of the little things well. It's just a matter of hey, can they hit some shots um, more consistently? I do find this interesting. Trey Donaldson, I looked it up today uh, on the road this year. Trey Donaldson is shooting fifty percent from deep. Hmm. Um, might be a guy that you need to turn loose a little bit, a, a little bit more. Him and Denver Jones, and if that's the starting backcourt moving forward, I could see Bruce Pearl and and his staff kind of getting into the lab and finding more ways for those guys to get some shots. And I think that would be big on Saturday against Ole Miss. Oh, absolutely, and and I would think that the opportunities would be there too, just because when they're scouting, that's not going to be their their uh, top priority. No, no, no. I mean, I've always said it. You know, people have asked me. How do you beat Auburn? And I say, well, you know, Auburn's a team that's, I'm not calling them matchup proof, but they're, you know, they're really balanced and they can do a lot of things well. So it's hard to kind of key in. But I think your best bet against Auburn is say, hey, we're going to pack the paint. We're going to make it as hard as possible on Denai Broom and Jalen Williams. And we're going to say, hey, you're going to have to beat, especially if I'm playing in my own building, hey, you're going to have to hit shots. You're going to have to hit jumpers away from home to beat us. And, you know, sometimes that's worked. Um, obviously, the Arkansas game is a great example of that. All, other times it hasn't worked. Um, so yeah, you're right. Like, you know, teams are going to be coming into these games and say, Hey, you got to slow down broom. You got to slow down Williams and then see what you get. But if Denver Jones is kind of playing that kind of, kind of brand of basketball, like he did last night, a little bit more frequently, you're getting Donaldson more confident. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how, we'll see how far those guys can go up. Justin Ferguson with us here on the Thursday edition of the drive. Uh, Fer, can you hang with us for a couple more minutes? Yeah, absolutely. All right, we will get to our first break. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about what's going on tonight, uh, another big one over at the arena, and more as we continue here on the Thursday Drive. Attention, long The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll-free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Coach Don Dunn, got Drew at the controls here in the studio, and uh, we're spending a few more minutes with Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer, who uh, sounds like you're already over at the arena, Justin. 
Yeah, I, uh, I'm having to find somewhere. They're testing all their pregame videos right now, and I'm trying to find a spot in the arena where I can uh, where I can at least make it so that y'all can hear me. So hopefully, hopefully we won't have any. Oh no, we, we got you. Yeah. We got you fine. I was thinking, man, did I did I miss the start time? I was thinking, I, I thought it was a seven <laughs> o'clock tip. Huge matchup. Uh, tonight for the 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 Auburn women are, are playing much much better basketball, but they've got the number one team in the country coming in in South Carolina, who is really really good. Yeah, I mean they're by far the best team in, in college basketball. I think number two Kansas State lost the other night, um, so I mean South Carolina is just in the class of right. college basketball. It's in Wizards college basketball. It hasn't been that way for a while. Um, here's the thing for Auburn women, um, the Auburn women, I, they're a really fun team to watch. The way they play defense is really, really uh, uh, exciting. Um, they're going to put their best effort out there tonight against a really talented South Carolina team and see where the chips fall. Um, you know, a week or so ago, you know, LSU led South Carolina for a lot of that game mm-hmm. at home, and South Carolina pulled pulled it out late. But um, you know, hey, Auburn can look at it and say, hey, if LSU can hang with with South Carolina, so can we. Cause we beat LSU. Um, so I think this Auburn team is really heading in the right direction. I think they're going to have to hit some shots from the outside or get some more mid-range looks in this game, kind of like they did against LSU to hang in there. But um, they've, got a, they've got a fearless defense. Uh, should be a good crowd here uh, tonight as well. And, and I'm looking forward to uh, stringing that game because, um, you know, this is a really, really fun team. I don't know where they kind of sit, um, you know, in terms of the bracket and all that. Um, they probably will have a chance if they have a good second half at SEC play. But I do think this is a team for – what they've done in non-conference that went over LSU. They put just some more performances together. I think you could at least be looking at an NIT season uh, for Auburn women, and that's a that's a big step in the right direction for, for Johnny Harris in this program. So they're they're on they're on the right track for sure. Oh no no question about it. And Don was just uh, asking, and I had to look and see. Uh, yeah, there ought, there ought to be a really good crowd because the game's not really available on TV. You can watch it on SEC Plus, but that's it. Yeah, no, I, I, I've talked to some people this week who were like, yeah, we're going to go to the game because, hey, it's South Carolina and it's a great team and this Auburn team's fun. And it's like, yeah, it's not like it's on, on major TV either, you know, like that like that LSU game was. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think there's obviously you're still ticket here. If you're, if you're local listening right now, come on out tonight. It'll be a, it'll be a great game for sure, I think. Um, they're a fun team to watch. And, and, uh, and obviously, when you, when you look at South Carolina, you're looking at, you know, one of the best programs in all of college sports, oh, yeah. not just not just women's college basketball. Oh, no kidding, uh, Justin. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen you in a while. I mean, I know you've been you've been on the road following basketball a lot, and then I had a cruise and everything. So, what's been going on? Just to uh, catch everybody up on on uh, what's been yeah. going on with you. Yeah, no, it's it's been a busy time. You know, I was at Mississippi State and Alabama last week, and then I'm going to Ole Miss this weekend uh, for the game, and then also. Earlier this week, I did some football. Uh, I went down to Senior Bowl in Mobile. I thought uh, you were down there. And, yeah, I thought I yeah, saw you. Yeah, yeah. I talked to Hugh Freeze uh, on Wednesday, obviously, with the DJ Durkin hire and some of the staff. And we've talked a lot uh, to Freeze about that. Uh, caught up with Auburn's players down there, DJ James, Nehemiah Pritchett, Jalen Simpson, Marcus Harris. I thought all those guys, a couple of practices I watched, did really well. I think DJ James has really made himself, uh, you know, his stock's kind of, kind of, you know, gone up some uh, here this week in, in particular. Jalen Simpson continues to make a ton of plays. I see him practice. So, that was a good time. And, uh, you know, it's been a pretty busy time, obviously, with basketball going all over the place. And that's not going to slow down anytime soon. But, you know, squeezing in some football as well right now because 
Uh, this has been a pretty big offseason to change uh, for Auburn football. And, uh, you know, I, the Tigers are hoping that this could be a team and a staff and a roster that's kind of more comfortable with one another in 2024 and try to translate that into a few more wins. Yeah, you know, senior bowl senior bowl practices are always fun. I mean, it's it's a little different mm-hmm. than watching, uh, you know, just regular in season practices and things like that. Uh, just uh, hit us with a couple of the the highlights that you got from uh, from your time with with Coach Freeze about uh, about uh, him completing the staff. Yeah, no, I, I asked him, uh, you know, on, on Wednesday about DJ Durkin and the hire. I said, you know, I just asked him, like, he, he like, why was Durkin the pick when it was all said and done? And he talked a lot about the culture and the fit and the energy, and he likes a lot of the, you know, what what uh, Durkin brings to the table as a, as, a, as a, you know, coach maybe outside of the X's and O's, but the X's and O's itself are pretty interesting. Um, he talked a lot about uh, just the way – uh, Durkin communicates his defense, how he calls his, his how his how his units talk to one another, basically. And he said that when they were in the uh, interview process and they you know going through cannons and they talked, other members of Auburn staff were really blown away. He's like, man, these guys, you know, I really really like what he what they do on that side of the ball. I really like how he calls the defense and how he organizes. And says, you know, hey, if you get the base down, um, you get the, the you get the fundamentals down. They can do so many different things off of it. So. I think Free Steve and Durkin, a guy who's kind of similar to him on the offensive side, uh, and just you know being um, you know very multiple and and just you know kind of innovative uh, with his X's and O's. So I think that stood out to me. Another really interesting tidbit I, I picked up um, from talking to Freeze on Wednesday, um, they went through these defensive coordinator uh, interviews, and Freeze said that Charles Kelly was in the room with him. Right. Helping him with the interviews, so like sitting in with the interviews. And he said, look, if I'm Charles Kelly. Uh, I'd have been like, hey, no, 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 don't hire any of these guys. I'm the guy. I'm the defense coordinator. And he, Freeze said that Kelly said, hey, I'll do whatever role you want me to do, uh, and gave his honest opinions and outlook on, on the guys that they interviewed. And um, I just I, I think that's just another example of where Charles Kelly is such a really big addition to this staff. Uh, not only is he an ace recruit, not only is he an Auburn guy, not only does he have a, a great track record coaching great defenses and, and, and working under some of the best coaches, um, you know, in the game, um, I think he's also just a really good fit for what Auburn wants uh, in their assistance. They, in terms of chemistry and, and communication, I think he's going to be a, a big boost. And, you know, even though he doesn't have the big D.C. job, uh, it, it sounds like he's he's pretty locked in on, on what he wants to do with Auburn moving forward. And I thought that was a really cool tidbit. Yeah, pretty said he's like, not very many guys would have done what Charles yeah. Kelly just did. And I think that's volumes. And and Don and I were talking about uh, a, a little of that yesterday. And and I think that's something that a lot of time fans don't even really think about the chemistry on the staff. They think about the the, the yeah. talent of the players and the coaches' abilities and things. But 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 Don, I mean, you you were on a staff that a lot that stayed together for the most part for a long long time. And if you don't, if you guys don't get along and mesh well. That's not going to happen, and you're not going to have success on the field either. Right. Uh, it's it's a cancer within your program, and the players catch on. If you got coaches mm-hmm. bickering and not agreeing, now you're going to have disagreements like we talked, but when you leave that staff room, you got to all be on the same page, and you got to have each other's back. And I was very fortunate to be on the staff for over 10 years here at Auburn. Yeah, and I think, I think to, to your point, uh, you know, this is something that I think Freeze is really kind of – focused on here in the in this second staff that he's built 
Uh, a lot of these dudes have either worked with him or worked at Auburn or he's, they're familiar. And he talked about it by hiring Derek Nix, promoting uh, Ken Austin. He said, yep. we're all speaking the same language on offense, and that's key. And I think that's the thing for Auburn. We can talk about, hey, how Auburn needs to get better through the air. What are they going to do at quarterback? And how are these receivers going to make an impact early on? And what does this do in the running game? Like, we can talk about all the offense, like what the players need to do and how it needs to look on Saturday. And all that's important. I do think, though, that if Hugh Freeze is going to be your head coach, you want him the most comfortable uh, he can be to get back to why you had him in the first place, to help your offense take that next step. And so by hiring Derek Nix, by bringing in, you know, by promoting Ken Austin, by bringing in a guy like Charles Kelly, uh, by bringing Crime Dog back uh, from Texas A&M, you know, I think it's all guys are going to be on the same page, I think. And we'll see how it works on the field this year. But I do think – it's a good opportunity like to, to set yourself up in the best position um, to take a step forward this year. If all the guys are familiar with one another and have that chemistry already, uh, I think that's going to have a really big effect on this roster. We'll see how it plays out on the field, but I do think that's a good step in the right direction. If Hugh is going to be your head coach, I do think you needed him at his most comfortable and back to his roots. And uh, it seems like he's orchestrated staff to kind of do that here this, you know, in 2024. Yeah, I, I think this really makes for an intriguing, interesting spring. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really oh, interested absolutely. to see how things go. It, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, Freeze was asked about the quarterback position, and he was like, you know, we're, we we want to build it through high school and recruiting. And so, um, you know, they didn't take another transfer. You know, and he kind of talked down about, you know, any potential like, hey, did they go after guys really hard after the bowl game? So. There's a lot of that, and he said, you know, look, we got Walker White coming in. We've got Hank Brown. You know, we have Peyton. Like, you know, we have Holden. Like, we want to we want to roll the ball out there and see where those guys sit. Uh, you know, in spring practice, I think it's going to be interesting, intriguing because I think it's going to be wide open. I think it'd be really difficult for a kid like Walker White or even a kid like Hank Brown to come in and take over this job, especially in the spring. But they're going to have an opportunity, and uh, you know, with a new offense coordinator. New quarterback, yep. you know, a quarterback's coach who is a little, you know, obviously more involved than he was last year. And, and new receivers. Probably be more involved. New receivers. It's going to be, it's going to be really, really intriguing. And, uh, you know, I think it'll be, like you said, Bill, I think it's going to be a, a pretty intriguing spring because um, it's not, it's starting with the most important position on the field. I don't think anything is as locked in uh, as, may, as people may have thought, you know, maybe a month or two ago. Great stuff, Justin. It, it's, uh, it was good seeing you last night and, uh, uh, you know, just sort of keeping up with, with where you are and what all you've got going on. Let everybody know about the Observer. What's uh, what's coming up there? Yeah, AuburnObserver.com. We got a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, this morning did a breakdown of the Vandy game. Uh, talked to DJ James this week. Talked to Hugh Freeze, obviously. A lot of, lot from those guys, um, you know, on the Observer tomorrow. We got the mailbag. Dan and I will have a podcast out tomorrow uh, that we record late after we get done with our basketball games. and. I'll be on the road in Oxford this weekend. I'll be on the road to Gainesville next weekend. Yep. Um, we're going to be all over the place and also keeping up with everything football-related. So, AuburnIsEver.com, $6 a month, $6 a year. Sign up. We're putting out a ton of stuff. It's a great, great time to, to join up. No question. Great stuff. Hey, thanks again, Justin. Uh, safe travels, and uh, I'll, I'll, see you, I'll see you when we're in the same place, which it very often it doesn't seem like. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll talk to y'all later. All right. Take care. Justin Ferguson, great stuff from him, as always, from the Auburn Observer. And uh, 
We, we appreciate him spending a little time with us. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. You can do so by calling the Drive Hotline, sponsored by Skybar, 334-321-1390, or you can text us on the Drive text box, which is presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, and that number is 334-564-1840. Right back with more. Come on in and join us here on the Thursday Drive. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll-free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Coach Don Dunn here in the studio. Dan is uh, yeah, Dan's on the road with Troy Women's Basketball. He will be gone most of uh, the next week plus. He's been uh, out since Tuesday, and uh, they have a game tonight at ULM, Louisiana Monroe. Then they play this weekend against uh, Southern Miss in Hattiesburg. The next week, they have he'll be in Monday, and then they'll uh, hit the road to Old Dominion and then Bowling Green. That's not exactly your, your normal road trip. What they usually do is they'll go play um, two schools that are in the same vicinity. It would be Troy and South Alabama would both go out. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, you know, uh, South's playing Southern Miss, which that's not that much of a ride for Mobile. No, but, all. I mean, South's going to Southern Miss, then ULM. Troy will go to ULM mm-hmm. and Southern Miss. And they'll just sort of pair up and do things. But they, they have one of those conference challenges coming up next week. And this was one, and I like the way it's done. They didn't know who they were playing until a week or so ago. They just had it set. They knew if they were home or away. That's all they knew. <laughs> and they knew they'd be matched up with a MAC team on the road. Okay. <laughs> and so it, uh, what they tried to do is pair them up as evenly as they could standings-wise, right. you know, from their standings. <laughs> and they got, they got uh, Bowling Green. So That's they'll interesting. be at Bowling Green. I've never heard of that. That's I, I, I sort of like that. Yeah. I mean, because sometimes in these conference challenges, yeah. you get a team that was great last year uh-huh. that's really down playing a team that's really good. You know, you'd like to get as good, yeah. you know, a good a game as you possibly can. So yeah, That's a good idea. Yeah. So, anyway, he will be out um, pretty much all of next week except for Monday. Uh, and, and we really appreciate Don being in here. Um, we'd love for you to join in. Anything that you want to talk about sports-wise, I mean, we've, we've talked a good bit about Auburn basketball getting the win last night, 81-54 over Vandy. They've got Ole Miss this weekend. That's going to be quite the challenge. I mean, Auburn Auburn beat them handily here at uh, Neville Arena, but it's, uh, it's just a completely different game on the road. Yeah, it's just look again last night. Uh, when I got home, Alabama was down 20 or maybe 22. Yeah, I and, mean, and then, I saw things that, oh, I yeah. mean, that uh, that Georgia was running them out of the gym. Yeah, and very excited about that. And then you flip it back, and they're back in the game. And then they end up winning by nine. Yeah, and then Kentucky loses at home uh, to Florida, which is an interesting uh, team that Auburn, we have to go down there, I believe, in a, real soon. The games. Oh yes. So that is, and, uh, and it's funny because uh, just last week there were folks looking at the schedule mm-hmm. before Auburn um, 
probably is probably after the Alabama loss, but still looking and, you know, projecting games. I mean, first of all, Mississippi State didn't seem that tough. And I said, man, it's been tough. Yeah. It's been tough over at the hump. But one pair of games that I think a lot of people just marked as, as wins were the matchups at Gainesville followed by home against South Carolina. What have those two teams done the last Ooh. last two days? South Carolina has won in Knoxville. Florida has won in Lexington. Yes, last night. Yes, it's it's brutal, like we talked yesterday. So just be happy when we win, and and worry about the next one when it comes. Don't oh look, yeah, don't look ahead. I mean, this is a tough, tough conference. Uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll take uh, we'll take a look at the standings here. Um, right now, Alabama's on top at seven and one. Yeah, and uh, that was a big road win for them last night. Yep. Georgia had only lost one game at home until last night. You know, we talked about it before. The only two teams that are over that are five hundred or better in the SEC who have lost more than one home game now are Georgia and Kentucky. Can you believe that? Wow. Um. I mean, Alabama's ten and one at home. South Carolina eleven and one. Auburn eleven and zero. Tennessee ten and one, and that one came to South Carolina mm-hmm. just night before last. Ole Miss, where Auburn goes Saturday, thirteen and zero at home. Uh, Kentucky ten and two. Florida nine and one, and Georgia eleven and two. I mean, that's how good, and and that's eight teams in the SEC that are five hundred or better. And none of them have lost more than two home games. Wow! So it's going to be it, it, it's going to be quite the challenge. Um, but yeah, right now Alabama seven and one, South Carolina and Auburn are six and two, Tennessee five and two, then Ole Miss and Kentucky as well as Florida. Those three teams all five and three. Then Florida, excuse me. Then Georgia is four and four. Texas A and M and LSU are three and four. Uh, Mississippi State three and five. Arkansas. Uh, got a win last night, beating winless Missouri. Um, Arkansas two and six, Vandy zero and seven, Missouri zero and eight. And oh, by the way, those teams play. Yeah. So somebody's going to get a win um, this and weekend gonna, when Missouri and Vandy you play. You watch; they'll they'll sneak up on somebody. They will before the end of the year. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. There's no question about it. So that's the way uh, things look there in in basketball. Um, Justin was talking a little bit about you know some of the comments from from Hugh Freeze down in Mobile. We'll we'll look at those and some other football news that is out there. Could Alabama uh, be losing its offensive coordinator that they just brought in with uh, Kalen DeBoer? We'll talk about that and more when we come back here on the Thursday Drive. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final segment of hour number one here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Coach Don Dunn, got Drew at the controls. Reminder that coming up at the bottom of hour number two, it's our weekly Tiger Takes as we'll spend some time with uh, Dylan Cardwell of the Tigers after last night's 81-54 win over the Vanderbilt Commodores. All right, we were uh, uh, talking about some some football news or rumblings that are going on. Uh, football Scoop reporting that Alabama defensive coordinator Ryan Grubb, who came to Alabama with Kalen DeBoer from the University of Washington, 
is a candidate for the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator spot. Now, it's interesting. I mean, just a year ago, um, before Tommy Reese was brought in to Alabama by Nick Saban, Ryan Grubb's name was mentioned as a candidate and seemed like that Nick Saban was really interested in Ryan Grubb, but he elected to stay with Kalen DeBoer at Washington. Now he has come from Seattle to Alabama as the offensive coordinator, but the Seahawks, uh, who just introduced uh, their their new head coach, Mike McDonald, um, earlier today, are apparently very interested in bringing Ryan Grubb back to Seattle. Now, Don, you and I were talking here during the break. We just saw the Boston College head coach decide uh, that I've had enough of this college thing. He is now... Uh, gone to the Green Bay Packers as defensive coordinator, so uh, so I mean there's more, more and more of the uh, college coaches that would and it's understandable like to have some time with themselves, their family, that are uh, even more strongly considering the NFL than ever. Yeah, it's uh, really changed. Uh, like we've been talking the last couple of weeks, uh, you have no time off. When you're a college coach, you know, there's no such thing as a day off, a week off. Uh, You have to stay on top of your own players first, then the portal, and then recruiting. And, you know, I think you're going to see more and more guys who have an opportunity that can go to the pros to jump to the pros. Now, I think you're going to see a lot more younger guys stay in college. You know, the pay's great and really good, but – if you want any type of quality of life and time and you're a family guy and just self, just for your own health, I mean, it tears on you. It wears on you. And then if you're not winning, oh, oh yeah, Lord, no kidding. the pressure. Well, <laughs> I mean, everything, I just continue to feel like that things have to come to a head at some point here where with the the lawsuits now that states of Tennessee and Virginia have filed against the NCAA and the NCAA going after Tennessee <laughs> for NIL problems. Yeah. Uh, I saw where Florida Florida fired their, uh, their in-house NIL director today. I mean, the, everything is such a mess it's terrible. right now. Nobody really knows what what can we do? What can't we do? How far can you go? Where is it going to lead? And, and, and players are, you know, able to freely come and go. I mean, imagine if professional sports, I mean, here's, here's the difference. I saw somebody talking about this. Um, the difference they said, uh, cause the question was asked, well, why would a college coach who's in such, uh, has a really good position. Think about the NFL. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, imagine if the NFL had a, everybody's a free agent every year. There's no salary cap. Everybody can be paid whatever they. That's that's more what it would be like. I mean, at least with the NFL, you know, uh, the players that are under control for a while, and you're not going to have to. I mean, with some of them you renegotiate, but right. you're not having to renegotiate constantly with everybody right. and worried about them walking out and being on an opponent that you're playing, you know, every single year. Yeah, uh, like you said, something has to be done in college. I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but these guys need to get together, like the Kirby Smarts, the, the Coach Freeze. You know, the the guys, they got to get together, and uh, it's so much competition anyway, and the. I just don't know how they do it. 
And uh. I've got some buddies still coaching, and uh, they have no time like we were talking. None, oh, yeah. None. And like we said the other day, now you're seeing these people hire people just for watching this group of people, this portal group. This. You oh, know, you're, you're this, seeing general managers yeah, yeah. and things <laughs> like that. I mean, that's a, that's a title I never thought I'd hear in, in college. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. And, uh, yeah, I remember we had maybe 15 guys total on staff. We had maybe two graduate assistants and a couple student coaches and then the full-time guys, and that was it. Now there's 40, 50, 60 people in, in a football program. Man, and, and, and these, these guys, right now the hottest commodities appear to be the directors of player personnel or oh, whatever yeah. whatever you want to call them because, you know, we, we saw uh, Auburn, made, Auburn made a move uh, when they, when they uh, hired Will Redmond. Uh, LSU hired Ole Miss's guy. Ole Miss has just hired Texas's guy. And Alabama hired the guy from, I think, SMU who was at Purdue, came in. Right after I left Purdue, a young man. Well, TCU, maybe. TCU, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's TCU. TCU. Uh, yeah, he's like their number two guy yeah, because they have a guy from Washington who used to be at Michigan. Right, and when he came into Purdue, you know, just a young uh, young man who did a great job, and that's the deal now. Like, oh, yeah. And it's crazy. Talent scouts, yeah, yeah, evaluators. Yeah. And they don't do anything but – do what that is. you know they sit there and watch film they get on the phone they 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 network and they know and you better know like we talked last week when that guy hits the portal you better get on him yeah he had better have at at least a message from you yeah, that, within you know a short period of time yes, or, sir. or it's too late yeah it's crazy all right we're halfway done here on the thursday drive our thanks to Justin Ferguson for joining us for the first couple of segments. Hope you had had a chance to hear Ferg. If you missed any of that or any of the show, check out the podcast sponsored by Southeastern Industrial Contractor. You can find them wherever you get your podcast. We've got hour number two coming up. The first half will be wide open, taking your calls on the drive hotline, 334-321-1390. That, of course, sponsored by Skybar. Then at the bottom of the hour, Tiger Takes with Dylan Cardwell. So stick with us for hour number two of the Thursday Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390, toll free at 888 382 7502, or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two here on the Thursday drive. It's Bill, Coach Don Don here in the studio, Drew at the controls, Dan. On the road with the uh, Troy women's basketball team. He will be back Monday. But, I mean, he'll just be like uh, touching and uh, and then heading out because he's out all next week as well. We appreciate uh, Coach being with us here in the studio. Fun first hour. We talked with Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Uh, got his thoughts on basketball last night. The Tigers bouncing back after two straight road losses with an 81-54 to win over the Vanderbilt Commodores. Uh, we talked some about Auburn women, the Auburn women hosting South Carolina, the number one team in the country, the only unbeaten team in the country, coming to Neville Arena tonight for a 7 o'clock tip um, over on uh, W. Lee. As a matter of fact, game not on not on television, so 
Um, they still have some tickets available. I'd, I'd encourage folks to head over. There's a lot going on here in the, the uh, next few days. Let's see, over on campus, gymnastics has a quad meet tomorrow yeah. night. Yes. I know uh, younger son and, uh, uh, and, and daughter-in-law are going to be heading over there to that. Yep. I think we will – I think we'll spend some time with the granddaughter tomorrow while they do that. that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely, (laughs) absolutely great. But, but yeah, um, we'd love to hear from you. Your thoughts on last night's basketball game. Um, The, I mean, a couple of really uh, bright spots. I thought the the brightest spot was Denver Jones, who uh, scored an Auburn career-high 19 points last night. He's a guy that averaged 20 points a game last year before transferring into Auburn. And uh, has surprised – I mean, I I thought he'd been a very pleasant surprise defensively. He has really been one of Auburn's better defenders. Last year, you remember, Auburn had trouble, some troubles on the perimeter defensively. Auburn's been pretty darn good. Auburn is a very good defensive team. Denver Jones uh, ha- has really taken to that well. But he struggled offensively and, and really looked a little reluctant at times to go ahead and – and, and take his shot, sometimes passing up open shots. Last night, first three times he got open shots, he hit threes, and he finished with 19 points. I think that is big for Auburn as they uh, prepare to wrap up the first half of conference play and, and head into a very difficult month of February. We talked about that a little yesterday with that schedule. But uh, great to see Denver do that, and it was also great to see Jalen Williams bounce back from a couple of subpar games, he had been on such a roll and then uh, just struggled. He really struggled to score against Alabama and Mississippi State. Last night, um, I think he had six points at the half, but 15 second-half points, didn't miss a shot in the second half, uh, and finishes with 21 points last night, including um, – I think he was three of four from uh, from from three point range, as well. I can look at the. I've got the stats. Um, yeah, Jalen last night. Uh, yeah, three of four from uh, three. Seven of nine overall from the floor. Didn't miss a shot in the second half. Uh, Twenty one points for Jalen. That is he. He's had. Uh, uh, I believe that's his fourth twenty point game, uh, and they've all come. You know, here since the start of SEC play, another good night. Na- good night for Janai Broom, um, and and he had a couple of there. There was uh, two or three possessions where he was able to get the ball and and just quick post moves and just up and off the backboard and in. And then he hit both of his threes last night as well. <laughs> so sixteen points for the big man, eleven rebounds, five block shots, all in the first half. Wow. Last night, he's really playing well, and uh, he, like you said, and and I think Justin was talking. When you get him going, that is definitely going to open up your perimeter. You know, well, and the thing is, he and Jalen are such good passers too. Yes. The ball gets to them. If there's somebody open, it's going to immediately get to them. It's Kick the, it back. You out, see a yeah. lot of big guys. If they get the ball, it's not coming back. It's, yeah, they uh, they're, they're going to try to put it. it up. They try to force it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so that was that was good to see last night, and another good game for Chad Baker Mazzara mm-hmm. uh, with uh, with eleven points um, on the night and uh, five rebounds. So 
Uh, so, so Auburn back on track there with the win. They will head to Ole Miss to Oxford for a five o'clock, I believe, start on Saturday afternoon. Um, we, uh, uh, we we talked about some of the comings and goings and some of the rumblings there in in college football. Um, again, Justin gave us a little more insight. We talked with Jason Caldwell yesterday about some of the comments from Hugh Freeze down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl where the media had a chance to ask him about the hire of D.J. Durkin, and he talked about D.J. Durkin and Charles Kelly. And, and again, the, um, the, the fact that Charles Kelly uh, has, has become very quickly such a, uh, such a team member, being involved in the interviews and not, uh, as, as Hugh said, it would be very difficult when you are a guy who has been a coordinator and uh, your name is mentioned as a possible candidate for for any job to be someone that will just be there and be part of the interview process and not be uh, trying to, to, to sort of tout yourself for right. the position. Like we talked yesterday, Bill, that shows me he's number one. He, he's a team team player. Right. Uh, he wants to be here. He's an Auburn man, and he's, I, I would say, very mature because I, I've seen it, those egos getting in, in the way, and uh, there's only one king, and that's Coach Freeze right now. But uh, I think that's very, very smart. And going back to what Justin said, too, about, you know, I know there were some people disappointed that there were some staff changes, but if I'm the head coach, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want my own people. People I'm comfortable with, people I've worked with, people Absolutely. I know, and nothing against anybody else. Be, because because your job's on the line. You know, yes, you need to win, yeah. and people that you have been able to count on before, you know, you feel like, all right, this is going to give us the best shot of doing that. I'm telling you, and, and it's a business, and uh, you know, you people suffer. You know, there's families involved, but let me tell you this: if I get a head coaching job, I'm gonna probably clean house i remember when coach saban came into alabama if you remember he got rid of everybody oh yes secretary oh you're talking about every yeah, people were in, in the building shock. yeah yes and he said hey if i if you're gonna let me have this job i want my people and i'm gonna run it my way and look what happened and i know it's tough i've been on both sides now I've oh been, yeah i've been the holdover and sometimes they look at you like god you got you know leprosy or something <laughs> are you with us or are you against us you know the old saying but it's a tough situation, but I don't blame anybody for wanting their own people, and that's what you got to have. And when you get into the, you know, the nit gritty of the season, the pressure, you got to have guys that you know have has your back, that are loyal. And I'm not saying any negative about anybody that was oh, here. Oh no, but but that's the way it is. But you don't know. I mean, exactly. if you if you know if you've had people that have worked with you before, you know where you stand with them or where they stand with you. And you've been in those battles with those guys, right? And uh, when it, when it gets tough, I mean, there's nobody to turn to except that staff. And that's one thing we had when I was lucky enough to be here for ten years. We had each other's back. Oh yeah. I mean, if you're gonna fight one of us, you were gonna fight all of us. Now we didn't always get agree. agree. If you remember coming to practice, Coach Nall and Terry Price and I almost came to blows every day in pass rush. But after it was over, well, it's like a, it's a family, though. Yeah, I mean, that's the way yeah. that's the way yeah, families brothers, are. Brothers Absolutely, everybody well, doesn't agree all the, the time. The worst days of my life were holidays in my family. Everybody <laughs> was fighting. 
Uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, and, and we were talking about that. I mean, with Derek, Derek Nix, and I thought it was interesting. All right, so we got uh, John, I believe, asked us a question yesterday. And by the way, hey, we'd love for you to join in. You can give us a call on the uh, Drive Hotline which is presented by Skybar, that number, 334-321-1390. Uh, John was asking about the play calling. Or maybe it was Matt. I guess it yeah, was, Matt. It was up, Matt. Yes, sir. Asking about play calling. And I, I, I firmly believe that Hugh Freeze is going to be the play caller. Mm-hmm. However, I, I've, I've heard a couple of things. You know, now, folks have been – Matt was also one wondering about – well, but Derek Nix is the offensive coordinator. Doesn't that mean he's the play caller? Not necessarily, but I'll say this. Um, in, in certain situations, and I believe this may have been one, I believe that Derek Nix's contract at Ole Miss called for him to either, to either be a play caller or an offensive coordinator for him not to have a buyout mm. at Ole Miss. So – I, I read and I heard some of the comments from Hugh Freeze down in Mobile, mm-hmm. and he was a little more nebulous. And I saw I saw some reaction from that people going, "Oh, is 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 he doing a Gus? Is he backtracking? Does he not know if he wants to call plays or not?" No, I think this is more just to uh, quiet the Ole Miss folks down. Right, Derek Nix is going to be the offensive coordinator. You talked about some of the duties that will be involved in that. But Hugh also left open the possibility that that Kent Austin and Derek Nix would be involved in the determining the plays that are going to be called and things like that. And and that makes sense on multiple levels. It makes sense because those are three guys that have worked together and worked mm-hmm. together for a long time. And as Justin was saying, Hugh Freeze saying, we all speak the same language. Yep. But I think the other thing is it's also uh, the safest way to avoid having uh, any questions about buyouts at <laughs> Ole Miss with Derek Nix. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, I, there's so much going on now. I, I'm so lost with all this stuff, you know, the portal and the, these contracts. And like we were talking during the break, we didn't have three- or four-year contracts. You know, we, Oh, no. We were uh, let go in, uh, I think, December the 8th. And our last check was March. So, you know, but it's interesting. But, you know, there's ways around everything. I mean, you're exactly right. Coach Freeze will be the play caller. And those other guys will have a lot of input. And when they leave that room or get their game plan together, they'll all have input. Right. And that's what you want. You, you can't just have a yes man sitting there and go, oh, Coach, that's a great call. That's a great call on third and one or whatever. But when they leave – like you said, they'll all be on the same page. The terminology will be the same. They know what each other's weaknesses and strengths are. And I think it's all plus. And I, I think that's why he wanted his own people. And you got to have them. Oh, absolutely. 334-321-1390. That is the number to get you through to the drive. You can text us on the drive text box. Um, that is presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. That number is 334-564-1840. Don't forget, hour number two of the drive, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika, on the web at orthoclinic.com. We'll get to our first break of hour number two. Love for you to join in here on the Thursday Drive. 
Southern Union students blaze new trails. And Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. 17 minutes after 5 o'clock here on this Thursday afternoon with Bill and Don. Coach Don Dunn. Uh, We'd love for you to join us. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, obviously basketball. I mean, we're just about to the midway point of basketball season. We're getting closer. We're just two weeks from tomorrow is the opening of college baseball. Auburn, uh, just a couple of weeks away, they'll be scrimmaging again this weekend over at Plainsman Park. Weather looks pretty good. Yeah, I think till Saturday night we're good. Yeah, so if you get a chance, you can get and check that out. There is some baseball news. The SEC, you know, we've talked about how, um, you know, how what what's going to happen now in in the SEC football schedule wise. We know that next year there's an eight game schedule hmm. uh, in 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 football, and Auburn is is still able to play both Alabama and Georgia next year. But if they stay with an eight game schedule, that cannot continue. They would not be able to play Georgia every year, Alabama wouldn't be able to play Tennessee. They'd need to go to a nine-game schedule to be able to keep more than one permanent opponent. Hmm. And you know if there's one permanent opponent, it's going to be Alabama for Auburn and vice versa. Um, So we will see. There's still been no word. We were uh, talking about it on Monday. I would think that we will get word on that at the latest during SEC media days. That's probably when they will release the 2025 schedule. But uh, but we did get some, uh, some clarification on baseball. Now, we don't know about the regular season so much, and uh, I, I do know that the SEC is going to stay with 10 series, which now means, you know, now with 14 teams – you miss three teams mm-hmm. every year. There, you play ten of thirteen. Now you're going to play ten of fifteen. So that's going to be tough. That means it's. Uh, I, I would assume you'll keep a permanent or two. I mean, we'll see how they have to how they have to to uh, shuffle things around. But uh, with as as good as this league is in all sports, and including baseball, obviously. I mean, you look at the College World Series, and if there's not a couple of SEC teams in it every year, it's a shock. Right, and Texas. Yeah, now Texas and Oklahoma. Yes. Both coming in. Have they said anything, Bill, about the tournament? Yeah, Uh, now this here's what did come out today was the SEC. The SEC's been playing, you know, double elimination, and you've had the top teams getting double buys. You've mm -hmm. had the – um, the bottom teams having to play, the other teams getting a first-round buy, and the top teams getting double buys. No more buys. It is now a single elimination tournament. It's just going to be a 16-team field, and you're going to have uh, on the first day of the tournament, one will play 16, uh, 12 plays 13, 10 plays 15, and 11, excuse me, 9 plays 16, 12 plays 13, 10 plays 15, 11, 14. Now, you're going to get the the top eight teams will get a bye, 
but you're not getting any more double buys. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to have double elimination where teams coming through and then they have one loss and they go to the loser's bracket. No, you lose, you're out. Wow. So it will be the bottom eight teams play day one and then the winners play the top eight seeds, but it is single elimination. Mm. So that will uh, mean the tournament's going to start on Tuesday and going to go through, uh, through Sunday. So uh, that, that's, that's quite the change, but I like that. I mean, you think about um, the the times that a team, you know, loses that first game, and then they have to go through that whole pitching staff trying to get back, and they're they're throwing guys that haven't gone there. You're worried about um, pitchers being overused, overextended because teams having to fight back from the from right. the losers bracket. So I, I like that. Uh, I. I I mean, as strong as this league is, you're going to get a lot of teams in the NCAA tournament, in the NCAA field anyway. Yeah, I like that idea too. Yeah, so uh, – and, and the other thing is now everybody's in the tourney because the way it's been is 12 teams made the tournament for you to be able to have that double buy. That's right. So now all 16 teams will make the tournament. So if you're, if you're hot, now you can't afford to lose a game, but you can get hot. So you yeah. can, so there, I like that carrot out there. Yeah. It's sort of like basketball right. that you can make that run and, and make the tournament, make the NCAA tournament yeah, and win it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I, I like that. Let's see. It says, um, it did say something about, all right, here's the way they're going to do the regular season. Um, each team is going to play two permanent opponents. So that leaves you 13 other teams, and they'll rotate eight teams. Now, you figure out the math, that math doesn't work as well with me. I'm usually pretty good with numbers. I'm rotating eight of 13, it said, on a yearly basis. So that means you play eight teams. You play the same two, you'd play eight. The next year, you'd play those same two. Obviously, there's five more that you haven't played. But you'd play three of the eight that you played the year before. Right. And then the third year, you wouldn't play those three. <laughs> yeah, it's it's confusing. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, but, but the SEC's not going to go to more than – I mean, as difficult as this league is, you're not going to play more than 30 conference games out of a 56-game baseball schedule. No. You'd be crazy to be playing more than 30 of them – Inside yeah, the you conference, you would just beat each other up, like you said, and then you wouldn't have any pitchers. And it, it yeah, I, don't, I can't see him doing that. Ooh. And you'd also you'd have to you'd have to start your conference season earlier if you're doing something like that. I, I had some folks say, "Well, why don't you just go ahead and play twelve conference games?" Well, if you do that, that means you're going two weeks earlier, and um, you know you're you're losing the opportunities as you try to build a team for the stretch run and for the postseason by being able to see some some position players and some pitchers uh, uh you know against non-conference competition you lose that i mean right now i mean it's tough enough as it is when you're just playing you know 20 uh you're playing 26 non-conference games and you only have a few of the midweek games mm-hmm. so um that's that's just the change. It's going to be interesting, um, but I like it. I like them going to uh, a single elimination bracket with all 16 teams in the field for the SEC baseball tournament. Yeah, I, I do too. That's a good idea. 334-321-1390. That's the 
the number to get you through here on the Thursday drive. Love for you to join in in a few minutes. We will uh, check in with Dylan Cardwell for our regular Tiger takes, get his thoughts on the Tigers win last night. Um, trying to see if um, I'm thinking, is there any other football news? I mean, here we're, we're uh, you know, still a week and a half away from the, from the Super Bowl. Got the Senior Bowl coming up mm-hmm. on Saturday on the NFL Network. And uh, that, you know, it's sounding like really that the Auburn guys are, are having a very good week. All three of the all three of the secondary players, Marcus Harris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from what I've read and heard, uh, yeah, they're doing well, and this is the week to do it. And they've been very fortunate with the weather. We talked. Oh, they about, have. It's been it beautiful, be miserable. No, you're right. It's been bitterly cold Rainy. many times, wet yeah. and cold. I, yeah. I swear, some of the <laughs> some of the senior bowls I went to as a youngster seemed like it was always cold and wet. Exactly. But the few times I've been, it was miserable. And and it's really interesting. I mean, the game itself is for the fans, right? I, I mean, because the most important thing for the players is the interviews and the right. practices during the week, right? They spend a lot of time. Uh, they're you know they got to have patience because they go from morning to whenever, and then after practice, there's more interviews. The measurements, they worry about hand size and oh, vertical jump and just crazy stuff. But you have to do it. If I'm a professional team, I want to know everything. Uh, the interviews are very important. How you come across, how you carry yourself, right. and then how do you work on that practice field. And there's a lot of one-on-one drills. There's a lot of pass rush drills with the linemen. Uh, it's not easy. And then they go after each other. You've been down there. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a stressful time. But most of these guys, you know, are are doing well and making a good name for themselves, and uh, it, it it's an interesting thing if you've never been down there to watch it. Yeah, and uh, what's what's crazy is we talked about all the NFL folks that are there. Wow, uh, it's Thursday. A lot of them will be gone. Yeah, a lot of them won't stay for the game. Right, a lot, a lot of the college head coaches, you know, they get down there early in the week. A lot of the assistants, uh, and like you said, the scouts and the NFL personnel, they pretty much know. And the game is for the the fans, and uh, there'll be a few hang around maybe if they're not quite sure about a kid, they want to see him in, you know, in a game situation. But yeah, most of them pack up and go home before now. Yeah, I mean they 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 get what they want and that's why I said I mean the game is is usually for the fans and it's funny because there will be some players that may have a just an outstanding senior bowl game and uh fans would expect well that's going to really skyrocket his stock but no what's happened during the week is right. is much more important than right. that. And you know some of them have injuries, you know they they take the extensive physicals when they're down there. I remember I had a buddy that was a, a pro scout, and he was in charge of the bench press. And when they'd come by, they'd bench press them, and then it was like a combine, basically. Uh-huh. And uh, it was interesting. And they don't cheat one inch, boy. They holler out all the, the times and the and the measurements because they want it exactly right. And, and I, But I was 6'4". No, you're 6'1". <laughs> well, so. I mean, and, and you find out which schools might stretch things a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was, I've been, I've been, I've been very uh, impressed with the kids from Auburn that have been down there the last few years. They're almost exactly what what Auburn has them at. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was actually, I was, I was 
pleasantly surprised to see DJ James listed at five eleven and a half mm-hmm. because I thought he was actually maybe a little shorter than that. But you yeah. can't you can't stretch. No, you cannot stretch. <laughs> and they're going to do it exactly right down there. They're going to have the tape right. The remember the marks at, in the high oh, school yeah. or whatever. That can't be five eleven. Oh I'm yeah, taller that, than that. But you know, <laughs> it, it, the I, the first time I went to one of those, I was a little embarrassed for some of the guys. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, you just feel for you talk about meat market. It yeah. it, it seriously yeah, it is. is. It's just like going to buy a steak or something. You, I want that one. I want this one. And I mean, the thing is, and the and and the folks that are there doing it, they don't mind saying what what no, they think. That's if, their if job. They feel like this guy's a little tubby, or yeah, yeah. you know, the arms are a little short, right. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they'll they'll just go ahead and say they'll, it. They'll bring you down. It's almost like going in the army when you're standing there in your underwear. There's yeah, you know, it is what it is. Oh no, kidding. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Dylan Cardwell joins us for Tiger Takes on the other side. Stick with us here on the Thursday Drive. Um, as we look at our schedule, we look across the league. Um, Florida going to Kentucky, beating them in overtime. Proud of Todd. Um, they're playing really well right now, Florida is. Georgia plays really ni- really well tonight against Alabama. Doesn't get it done, but plays really well. Obviously what South Carolina did last night at Tennessee. Um, and, um, you know, we did what we needed to do tonight. Um, really, really glad to see the ball go in for Denver Jones. Um, and, uh, you know, just see what he's capable of doing. Um, makes us a lot better. Um, that Janai, again, this is three straight now where Janai's been um, dominant. And um, um, it's good to see Jalen Williams play well again tonight. I thought that uh, um, Chad was really good off the bench. Um, and uh, defensively, you know, Vanderbilt's a good team, really good offensively. I think we just we kind of wore them down. I thought our, I thought our half-court defense was, was outstanding. Hey, Bruce, how big were those last 10 minutes? Where you sort of turned it on, pushed that lead out. Obviously, you got a, a pretty good stretch of games coming up. But how good yeah. is that? Maybe to get a little confidence back going. I think it was important. Um, you know, I think that um, again, Jalen Janide and Denver in that stretch maybe um, really, really, really played effectively offensively. Um, you know, but the key, really, truly, the key of our future is the fact that we were able to hold Ty Lawrence to two for eleven. And, and Mannion at one for eight. As we move forward, you know, how, are we going to be able to guard Ole Miss's guards again? We did the first time. But Mississippi State, who's one of the best defensive teams in the country, couldn't. So as I look at anything, as we move forward, it's will our guards continue to guard like that? Will Aiden and Trey and KD and Denver and Lior and Chad and Chris – be able to be able to guard night in and night out against against what they're going to be going up against for the next 11 games. Um, and at the same time, obviously, we've shot it better at home, so we shot it better at home, you know, tonight. And uh, making you know making the 10 threes, um, but Denver four for eight, and Jalen making three, and Janai making two, big. 
Speaking of those threes, Denver hits three uh, in the first four minutes of the game. I know last couple of games on the road, shooting was a little bit tougher for you guys. So how important do you think it was that y'all got to see something go through early and, and kind of get that yeah, flow man, that going? Yeah, man, I thought it was vital. And I thought that Denver Denver was focused in. He was ready He was ready to go. He's had a, he's had a good week of practice. Um, and uh, I like his focus. I like where he is right now as we move forward. BP, coming off of two losses and with the tough games you guys have coming up, did you see anything tonight fundamentally that you did better in this 40 minutes of basketball versus what you weren't doing in the last two games? Maybe, maybe, maybe rebounding. Um, you know, Vanderbilt still at 11 offensive rebounds, but I thought we rebounded a little bit better. Um, uh, and obviously, what was the difference? We, we obviously made the ball went in for us. You know, that, that was a big, a big part of what was different or, you know, what was better, uh, those two those two things. Um, probably a few too many turnovers still. 13 turnovers is high for us. Um, so. Uh, Coach Jalen woke up tonight, uh, had, had a great game. But Aiden continues to struggle as a young guy trying to get adjusted uh, to play at this level. Um, you know, what would you like to see from him kind of moving forward to help get him out of that slump? Well, I mean, Aiden is, um, you know, um, he's working hard, and he's trying to do all the little things, and and he's really working on defense, and he got a couple rebounds tonight, and he's trying to get the offense set. And the one thing that he always has been able to do is just shoot it, like from wherever. And so when those shots start going in, we're going to be a different team, and he's going to have so much more fun and have so much more confidence. But right now, the ball's not going in for him. Coach, coming off those two losses, kind of what was your message for the guys this week, and what does it mean for you to still keep this home win streak going on? Well, I mean, part of the messaging was it's a grind. It's just it is a grind. Um, and um, uh, – We've, we're, you know, we put ourselves in position. I, I had to really work hard tonight to make sure we just didn't have a letdown. Make sure we were excited about playing Vanderbilt. We'd beaten them by 15 up there. Um, I don't think the kids took it for granted. I think they, they played pretty well. I hope that now, look, the environment at Ole Miss, they're going to be crazy. It'll be another sold-out game for Auburn on the road. Um, they've not lost at home. Um, man, it's going to be – and so it's going to take some special – like, like it's gonna take it's gonna take special, and I think they understand that and hope they're ready for it. Richie went with Trey as a starter here tonight. I know he had, I know he had some turnovers, didn't, didn't have a ton of shots, but seven boards. He was plus thirty-seven and plus minus. Yep. Just, you know, what, what did you see out of him to kind of, uh, you know, get that going for y'all? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I thought that obviously that starting group, the plus minus numbers were really, really good. Um, the, the three over and backs was just incredible. I think part of it was him not knowing where he was on the floor. Like, to fiddle fart around with it right there in the middle of the floor, I just wasn't sure he was aware, you know. Um, Mannion could put great pressure on the ball. I'm sure Trey's bothered by it. Um, but I think, like you said, when, you, when he comes up with seven rebounds, he, that's one of the things we talked about. We needed to pick it up a little bit. Um, and he responded. Um, and obviously, his team played well when he was on the floor. That's what point guards are responsible for. Uh, 
BP 50 consecutive sellouts. I know that doesn't count the COVID year, but your record in those 50 games is 47 and three, if I did the math right. So, a thought on that? <laughs> well, it's it's a great it's a great venue. It's a great environment. Neville Arena um, is uh, is developing itself for quite a reputation. But you're right. Um, if we're 47 and three, um, it's because of 50 straight sellouts. It's because of the incredible passion and support that we get from the Auburn, you know, family. Um, you know, I wanted one of the things I and I'll make it clear again tonight, just to see, sort of, just I kind of re-clarify where I'm at. We are so grateful for the support, and I love all the passion and I love all the intensity that we have. Um, it's just that, um, you know, we're pick again, pick sixth in the league. We we had Janai Broom was the only kid on any first or second or third team anything in the SEC, and so to this point, we've we've played and the kids have played above those expectations. Now I don't know if that's going to continue as we get into the schedule. I, I could tell you we're going to lose some games, but we're still in this thing, and so um, my guess is that there will be time to be disappointed. Um, now's not the time, if that makes sense. So we're, I, I, I'll tell you, look, these guys are working. Um, and I, you know, I know what we're capable of. And we've had, we've had some step up. But we have to continue to be able to step up if we're going to be able, if we're going to be able to keep winning. Bruce Pearl, following last night's 81-54 win, hey, we were talking about it. I mean, you look at the schedule in the month of February that is coming up for Auburn. He mentioned the Ole Miss game, 5 o'clock on Saturday in Oxford. Uh, That is followed by Alabama coming in next Wednesday. Um, That uh, 6 o'clock game on ESPN2. Then Auburn goes – this is funny. The, then Auburn has that two-game stretch where a lot of people didn't seem too concerned until, until they saw what happened the last couple of nights. After hosting Alabama, Auburn goes to Gainesville, where it has been it has been extremely difficult for Auburn to win through the years. And of course, Florida coming off an overtime win over Kentucky last night. So um, that is game number three in February. Then you turn around, and on Valentine's Day, Auburn gets to host South Carolina, who just went into Knoxville night before last and knocked them off. So so there is game number four. Speaking of Kentucky, uh, they come in next on that Saturday the 17th before Auburn goes to Athens to take on a rejuvenated Georgia team. Yes, they blew a big lead, but you could see that they are a much better team than they've been the last few years. Mike White's got them playing well. And then Auburn closes out the month of February in Knoxville against Tennessee. This is a really, really difficult stretch. And and I think, you know, Bruce is just trying to let people know, look, a very, very good team is not gonna is not gonna have a perfect mark through this gauntlet that Auburn's got coming up. No doubt. And I think we were talking yesterday, uh, someone maybe Sonny, Coach Smith said that, or Wimp Sanderson said, yeah. probably going to have four to five losses the yeah, winner. That, I mean, yeah. if, if somebody goes 15-3, and three, it's yeah. remarkable. Yes. I mean, because right now, 
Alabama's the only team without at least two losses. Right. And we talked yesterday, they have not really played on the road. And last night, you know, they were fortunate to come back and they were down by 22. Right. And uh, it's, it is a brutal league, which makes me think that we should have a bunch of teams in the NCAA, hopefully. Yeah, you hope that the NCAA, you, you hope that it doesn't hurt. Where we're not I mean, because the- you see the Big 12 doing it. They beat up on each other, and everybody gets uh, credit for it. Mm-hmm. You know, in this league, you just hope that something like that doesn't happen, and then the you know the folks look and go, "Well, it's just uh, it's just a, an okay league." No, I right. think I think the SEC is is very very talented. All right, uh, again, we we apologize. Um, we've been trying to get hold of Dylan Cardwell here, and uh, um, we. We'll, we'll make one more effort as we get to our final break here this afternoon. But, uh, hey, we'd love for you to join in. Uh, if we can't get Dylan, we'd love to hear from you, 334-321-1390, as we head into the home stretch here on the Thursday Drive. 